You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. Uh, so, uh, I have sort of a you know task of talking about trends in marketing and in business and in economics. Really, the most important reasons why you're here and the things you should work on while you're here. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk with you just briefly about trends that are in here that aren't going on out there. And particularly for some of you who are relatively new to us, maybe this is your first super conference, although some people for whom it's a first super conference are not new to us. I talked to somebody last night who's been with us for eight years and has finally managed to find their way to a place where we're having a meeting. So, you know, we hope he finds his way home. Um, uh, so, so here's what's interesting about what's going on in here that's really not going on a lot out there. Number one, there's a lot of people making a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of extremely successful businesses, and I'm just going to tell you a couple of quick stories just from conversations yesterday and last night. But in contrast, um, and I'll give you some specifics, but there's a lot of industries and categories of business that are shrinking, some shrinking rapidly. There's a lot of fallout. There's a lot of people not doing well. Uh, there's a lot of people in GKIC and specifically in this room at this event who are doing very, very, very well. This thing is, this thing is real. And it's, and if you happen to be new, and you happen to live online, which, as you know, I think is a dumb place to live anyway. But if you, you know, if you choose to live inside your smartphone and you roam around to gossip sites and Yelp. I love the idea of Yelp, by the way. So this is, we're going to take advice on what doctor to go to from anonymous people uh, 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 who won't identify themselves, uh, po posting comments. Um, at random, I mean, and even the good ones, really? Oh, he was a great heart surgeon. I give him four stars. This same guy gave four stars to the coffee served in the waiting room at the car dealership. So if you scrolled, you would find he posts a lot of reviews. You know. So his four stars to the heart surgeon is not really meaningful. But, 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 but if you live online a lot, you will find about us and about really things like us as well, you will find a lot of skepticism and you will find a lot of cynicism. And an idea that, um, you know, th this sort of thing is just not real. Um, ordinary people are actually better cared for than they are set in motion to try and make something extraordinary out of themselves. And so I... Um, I'm kind of an old dog at this, um, and we have some old dogs in the room along with me. Um, uh, Ron Legrand, who's right there. Ron, wave at everybody. You're about as old a dog as can be found. Um, uh, but I point out to you, he's here uh, looking for a new trick. Um, and, 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 and that's the kind of old dogs we have. But Ron's been at this in his field about as long or maybe longer as I've been at this in my field, probably longer, he looks older than I am. 
Um, um, uh, actually, Craig Proctor will be up here a little bit after me in the world of real real estate, unlike the real estate world Ron operates in. Um, the, uh, 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 Craig's an old dog, you know? And, and so us old dogs have been called a lot of names over the years. And yesterday I was with a group of um, uh, uh, community development leaders from all the towns in the state of Oklahoma. And, uh, and one skeptic, uh, he managed to plant himself right, you know, up close and in the front of the room. And he started the day with his arms folded and a scowl on his face. And uh, I managed to move that by the end of the three hours, but I really didn't affect much of what was going on in here, you know. And um, so he asked, when we did Q&A, um, he said all, everything I just presented, it sounds like uh, snake oil salesman's pandering. And so my first answer was, and your point? Um, uh, you know, is there a question in there somewhere? Uh, but so that, you know, that kind of stuff um, floats around all the time. And if I had a nickel for every time I have been thought of uh, in that regard, uh, I'd be even richer than I am. Um, but this mostly comes from people who don't really do anything. <laughs> you know, they certainly are not entrepreneurial. They certainly are not spectacularly successful. They're, but they're spectacularly ignorant. Uh, and they have a belief system about what it is that we do is, that's very different from our belief system and very different probably from your belief system. Right? They actually think that the idea of teaching, quote, quote, ordinary people how to be exceptionally successful is a false idea. And that it really can't be done. Um, there is actually a famous court case where, where it, it simply saying that you could teach people to become millionaires constituted fraud. Um, so there's an attitude about this. And I just wanted to tell you that despite what's going on outside, what's going on in our world is there's a whole lot of quote, quote, ordinary people doing some very extraordinary things in part in part, we'll take credit thanks to our marketing and our guidance and our motivation, but in large part thanks to their own character and their own initiative and their own showing up, looking for new tricks. Uh, there's a lot of them. I won't tell you it's the majority because it's not. Okay? The majority of people you know, never take the shrink wrap off the product. They hang clothes on their exercise device. Uh, they own 5,000 diet books, which, you know, on top, they used to make a table out of on which they have the takeout men menus and a stand. I mean, you, you know, so, so, the, so, the, so the majority of people are, are never going to get moved in the right direction. But there's nearly a majority of our people who are moving in the right direction. And, and I just want you to know that. I want you to know that you're, if that's what you want to do, you're in the right place. And the odds are right now, you might not be sitting next to somebody, but you're sitting within spitting distance of somebody who's making some extraordinary strides in what it is that they're doing. So it's not just the people you'll see up on stage during the next three days that you have a lot to learn from. There's a lot to be learned from somebody within arm's 
length. So, so I'll tell you two quick stories. Then I have one more point before we, we get to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, um, so uh, a business, a member, two mem members of ours uh, who I was with a little bit yesterday who could not be here, but they are coming to the summit, and they were at Super Conference last year. They happen to have an industry convention on the same days as ours, and they have to be there. Uh, but um, they started a they started a business from scratch. Admittedly, their second business. They're not like inexperienced. But they started a business from scratch three years ago. I've done, I did a tiny little bit of consulting for them. Uh, they're GKIC members, so they pay attention to everything. I did a tiny little bit of consulting for them on that. Uh, shortly after they started, they actually won somehow, I forget how they won it, as GKIC members. Uh, they won a, um, uh, uh, a day with Dan, but not a consulting day. They got to come hang out at the track in the morning and sit behind a horse and go spend some time in the blacksmith shop. And uh, then we had lunch somewhere, and uh, then they went and took a nap, and then we went to the races at night. That was like what they won, right? So the consulting they really got was during lunch. Uh, but three things out of that, which are not anything that I don't normally say it appears elsewhere, in other words. It's not like I gave them any secrets. But three things out of that made a significant impact in their business. But in three years, in a not easy field, uh, so they've gone from a zero startup um, to uh, 12,000 customers so far. Um, they have a uh, third, and I'm going to show you something about them a little later, but they have a 35% a close rate and an average sale of $12,000. Um, uh, some of those prospects are actually coming from Groupon, uh, which is really a truly remarkable thing. Um, um, they uh, have gone from zero uh, to seven figures in that three-year period of time. Uh, they increased last year uh, by 30% year to year. Uh, this year, they're already up 30% year to year uh, by mid-March. Uh, so uh, it's quite possible they'll come very close to doubling this particular year. And this is a local brick-and-mortar business from which both partners this year will take a million dollars or more in net income. And they're not doing anything anybody else in their category of business couldn't do. And they are a classic example of old media and new media. So on the very same day, there are customers in their facility who came there from Groupon, Facebook, Valpac, and radio. And that's one of the things you want to pay attention to in our world is the integration of what many people think of as old, including me, and what many people think of as new, like e-commerce. Which brings me to the second story. And, uh, and I apologize for forgetting names. And they may or may not want to identify themselves. But so last night at the Diamond reception, uh, a couple came and told me their story of their business. And uh, three years ago, um, they, uh, so they're here. They may or may not want to. Uh, but three years ago, um, they uh, did $14,000 in business, um, which pretty much any way you cut it is not a good number. Um, 
And um, if you go on Shark Tank with that story, you know, uh, um, Kevin has unkind words for you. Um, um, and uh, the next year they did uh, 400,000, uh, which is a pretty good little jump. Um, uh, last year they broke a million. Uh, this year uh, they may well hit five million. They're a lot to break three million. And they are in a, you couldn't be probably in a more commoditized business. They are in the clever slogan imprinted t-shirt business. Um, they are e-commerce marketers uh, on the Amazon platform. Um, and by the way, they are aware of their vulnerabilities, which is at the moment e-commerce only, and at the moment Amazon only, and they are racing to fix both of those problems in their business. But nonetheless, from 14,000 to 400,000 to a million dollars to probably five million dollars in roughly a 48-month span. That's what's going on amongst our members. And those are not freak show examples. Those are fairly common examples. Um, and, and, and I think you should know it. This is, this is where you are. The second thing you should know is that, again, about the old and the new. So there is, it's, but Ron's memory worked better than mine. Um, uh, but, I mean, you could see the synapse moving slowly, but hey, it moved. Mine didn't move at all. You know. um, and could it be long to make the memory work? Could I have to take a laxative? Um, um, so I sat next to Seth Green last night. Is Seth around here somewhere? Are you around here? Where are you? Oh, yeah, you, you are the guy I sat next to. Perfect. Uh, hey, you got it right, guy. Um, well, you, you know, it's not that I don't trust him, but... Um, so, uh, Seth is, and I will probably describe it badly, but he is, he is uh, a, a, a data mining verse based on a principle that has been true for a long time, but gets truer with each passing day, which is privacy in America is dead. Um, and, and so he is data mining and capturing uh, for various marketers and merchants um, pretty much live time uh, credit card and and credit card purchase data um, of, uh, of other people's customers, which the use of OPC is something we know about and we do and we teach and we've been doing it for a very long time. Uh, so this is the newest high-tech access point for OPC. So, for example, for Ron, who wants to teach people how to get rich in real estate, as I say, with no money, no credit, no brains, um, uh, it, the, um, they can go get for Ron people who are buying Robert Kiyosaki's books, um, uh, Dean Graziazzo's books, um, every other money guru and every other real estate, and buying them with credit cards. Um, they can, for Dr. Tom O'Rent, who some of you know Tom, they can get dentists for Tom to market his services to that not only fit his demographic profile, but that we now know uh, how much they owe on their car, how many cars they own, uh, what they owe on their equipment leases, uh, and, and how, their, how their credit cards look. So Tom could target people who not only have a reason to buy from him, but actually have the ability to buy from him 
right at this very moment. So that's, you know, exceptional. Um, we can also take the old, which is the mailing list world, and we can go in there where privacy is also dead. Um, and has, I taught these guys yesterday who are trying to get people to move their companies to Oklahoma, um, that not only can they take their profile of the CEO most likely to do that based on the company statistics, <clears throat> but because Oklahoma is a very conservative state with a conservative governor and all of that, we can go take conservative donor lists and we can match the CEOs to the conservative donors and we can go after only the CEOs of companies that fit their profile who also subscribe to the Rush Limbaugh newsletter and the Ayn Rand News newsletter uh, and belong to the NRA. Right. So this sort of innovation um, is going on here as well all around you. Um, and our exhibitors in the exhibit hall are in the game. Somebody sitting within spitting distance of you is doing something uh, interesting uh, and new and clever, whether with new technology or old media, it's still newly clever. And this is what you want to pursue with a vengeance while you are here. Uh, Dave mentioned Spindler, who's a, he's not as weird a little guy as that Partiv guy, but, 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 yeah, you. Um, uh, but, um, Partiv's small, and he's coated with Velcro. So if he gets within, like, five feet of you, he's then, like, stuck to you. And when you move, he moves off his little feet. He's just stuck to you, and he moves along. So Spindler's not that weird, but he is a weird little guy. Um, but two million customers, two million customers through online traffic to a business, right? Uh, who else do you know? And where else will you go get to talk to them? But right here. So I'll move on to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is a lot less positive, at least in its beginning, than where I just started. All right? So the main point I'm making to marketers and clients now is this. And now, okay, is this coming up the way I'm doing it? Yeah. So this is the main point I'm making to people. So the news underreports all sorts of things. Um, including right now economic bad news. Last week alone, that I tracked, 152,000 short-term job cuts announced in retail, restaurant, banking, and healthcare. Right? Um, that's a lot of jobs. I don't care how you cut them. Right? And what's going on is what I call a genocide of the middle-income consumer. And it's not new. I really started talking about it in 2009, uh, but, um, but it's accelerated, and it's accelerating. Their spending capability is being shrunken to the point of almost erasure to base essentials for their households. So if you sell toilet paper, the middle-income consumer is still going to be around. Right? They may ration the number of pieces everybody in the family gets to use, uh, and they're certainly go go buy it at the cheapest place they can buy it, but they're still going to buy toilet paper. Going to the movies, different story. All right? Box office revenues were up last year. Attendance was off by 23%. So they got the box office revenues up by raising the prices. Right? 
and but they can only do that so far and people would maybe blame it on oh more online more ways you can see movies without going to the movie theater maybe maybe that probably has an effect but what more has an effect is this genocide of the middle income consumer so and i have for you in the april newsletter a very detailed economic report uh, uh, spoiler alert which is a good one at the end it has specific strategies and opportunities that are all positive all good even though most of the news leading up to them is not so good the the disappearance of a certain amount of spending capability in the marketplace absolutely mandates that you do smarter things uh, if you must sell into the middle income consumer category. You've got to be very, very aware. There's fewer of them. Right? Uh, uh, about 25% of them are moving up. So they, we have a record number of new millionaires in 2013, by the way, in the United States. So, uh, uh, so some of them are moving up. A bunch of them are falling down. And so what's left is a smaller number of middle income consumers. When Chase wipes out 30,000 bank teller and assistant manager jobs. Those are all middle-income jobs, and there's no horizontal place for those people to go. So a few of them join us, become entrepreneurial, and they move up. The rest of them fall down. So there's fewer people in that category to sell to. There's fewer bodies. Then the ones that are there have less money to spend in fewer categories. So as we force them, for example, if we force them to buy health care insurance with a $12,000 deductible on it, uh, we take a higher percentage of their spending ability and concentrate it into that category, which means a bunch of other categories can't get their money. Right? So if all of a sudden my electricity costs 30% more and my health insurance costs 40% more, i got to give up going over there and getting a suntan from Grant. So the, their spending gets concentrated in fewer and fewer categories, right? Inflation, they will tell you there is none, but if you shop at a grocery store, um, so how many in here do their own shopping? Right? By the way, you, you will always learn more if you look around at everybody else than look around at me. So how many in here actually do their own shopping? Well, first of all, how many men do their own shopping? How many men go to the grocery store and buy stuff? Okay, all right, pretty good. That's a high number, okay? Obviously, you're either like whipped or you're single or, you know. Um, 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 so, uh, my friend Pete and I have a word for you. We call you stroller pushers. Um, um, but, um, but you know that when they tell you there's no inflation, eh, go to the grocery store. So, in categories that really matter, there's a crap load of inflation. If you mix the categories right in the basket, you can claim there's no inflation. But the stuff that's actually concentrating people's spending power in fewer and fewer categories, it's inflating like there's no tomorrow. Right? So there's less people in the middle, and they have less money to spread around in a bunch of categories. You've got to know it, which means you can't afford an ounce of slop in getting the ones you can get and getting the most money out of them that is humanly possible. This is one of the things we're going to talk about during my long presentation. The other thing it mandates is 
Move someplace else. If you must, move down. I prefer moving up, right? So the majority of mid-range retailers had a horrible fourth quarter. They're having a bad first quarter, which they're blaming on the weather. However, uh, Tiffany's had great gains in the fourth quarter, and they're up year to year in the first quarter. I think the Tiffany's store is experiencing the same weather as the Gap. And has Jared, to use a better analogy. I believe the Tiffany store and the Jared store is getting the same weather. So I'm not sure you can blame weather for this. Outback is closing 22 restaurants right now, as we speak, and they're in real trouble. Morton's is doing just fine. I think they're getting the same weather. So... I have a big argument for moving up. But the bigger argument is you can't afford any slop. Whoever you're getting money from, however you're getting money, you better be effective to the nth degree. You can't afford one bad phone call inbound. You can't afford one follow-up mistake. None of that. So a couple of suggestions. One. If anybody and everybody can be your customer, if that's the way you've been playing the game, if you've been doing me too, like everybody else, but a little bit better, which is what 90% of all marketing messages are, incidentally, you're in real trouble, right? Because people never really wanted one size fits all. And now that they are more circumspect about how they spend their money, they want it even less. So specificity is now more important than it ever was. So you can't afford to be another choice. In 2006, in most categories, you could be another choice and money ran uphill. Not so today. So the very worst thing you could ever be is one of many. If you watch TV, regular TV, the kind with commercials in it, that's on at a time on a network. So if you watch a night of regular TV, not streamed through Netflix or DVR'd with all the commercials cut out or whatever. So if you watch real TV, like two-thirds of the public, by the way, still watches real TV, contrary to what you may think, and you watch commercials, I am always stunned that advertisers are willing to spend so much money to appear in an environment in a way that they are just one of many. The Ford commercials immediately followed by the Toyota commercial, immediately followed by the Hyundai commercial, and the Allstate commercial is immediately followed by the Progressive commercial, which is immediately followed by the State Farm commercial. Can't afford this anymore. Next worse is convenient. If your play to get customers is you're closest to them or you're on the right side of the street um, or or you are most accessible, you're also in big trouble. Next worst is better. Me too, like everybody else, a little bit better. Bad play. We talked with the state people 
yesterday, if you take all the marketing materials for all 50 states in the country, well, actually, there's a couple states that don't bother having them because there's no way anybody would move there. But so, so it's like 47 states unless you're Obama and then it's 53, I think is what was the number he thought it was. But, um, which by the way, if Quayle thought we had 53 states, they would have lynched him. But, um, so, um, lynched was a bad, um, uh, so if you lay all their stuff out from all 47 states who are competing against each other, you can take the names out, scotch tape, and back together. It doesn't make any difference. Everybody's doing the same stuff. Everybody's talking about the same stuff in the same way. Can't afford it. You've got to be at least different and unique. And it is best to be different and unique and just right for somebody. So one of the goals to go home with that you can be equipped to do while you are here is to replace all the sloppiness with very clear and sharp focus about who you are for. Because a great marketing principle you want to remember is, and it is increasingly true, who you are for is more important than what you got. So everybody who sells for a living, we all think about we, the first thing we think about, we think about our bag of stuff. Whatever our bag of stuff is, right? Because it's our bag of stuff. But it is less and less important. Who you are for is more and more important. I just saw a great ad that demonstrates this. I know nothing about the company. Uh, but, so this is a vodka ad. Right? Now, way down here... In two point invisible, it's here once and it's here in two point invisible, is the only statement in this entire ad about their bag of stuff. Okay? It says, I can't do it, Ron couldn't do it, Proctor couldn't do it, uh, a perfect balance of wheat, rye, and potato. Okay? Now, it's, I had to squint to read it, they're right to consider it completely unimportant. And they have brilliantly made their ad about who they are for, which is, congratulations, you're part of the 1%, which also happens to represent your free time. Somebody got this right. The only thing I would have done is I would have put in your part of the evil 1%. But um, see, this speaks to the mindset of who they are for the life experience of who they are for, because the little, you know, the dirty little secret of the evil 1% is they work all the time. Um, uh, 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 so uh, you're part of the 1%, which also happens to represent your free time. This says earned entitlement. This is the luxury you've earned. Grab it and enjoy it. So our goal is for you to become a more sophisticated marketer. Because increasingly, you damn well better be. So, all, all sorts of people use the same objects, but people get different incomes from them. All sorts of people have the same bags of stuff, but get different incomes from them. The differences in the level of sophistication that they apply to the process. So if you just take the example I used about lists, 
if we get these CEOs of these companies that fit this corporate profile of who we want to target, but then we also understand their mindset like the vodka company, and we go find them, only the ones that are on mindset lists that we can speak to in a certain way, and we pick those and put them together and now market to them very specifically with a very specific message. How much more sophisticated are we than most of the B2B marketers who simply get the corporate profile and send a one-size-fits-all message to everybody? That's what sophistication is all about. And, and, and that's one of the things that you want to learn. So normal advertising and marketing is failing for a variety of reasons. One, the loss of control of the audience. We used to have a lot of control over the audience. We lose it day by day by day by day. So television, we went from three networks. So everybody gathered in front of their little lighted box at night, and they watched one of three channels. Fox became the fourth revolutionary CNN, Ted Turner created CNN, revolutionary. But people sat, so a third of the American public. I watched, the, um, I watched an episode of the new Dallas. How many of you used to watch the old Dallas? How many of you have watched the new Dallas? How many watched it last year? Okay. Not many here. Interestingly, they were the third highest rated premiere last year. Uh, I doubt they were in the top 10 this year, difficult thing to pull off. But I watched the episode of the New Dallas, and I remembered that um, the Who Shot JR episode of Dallas, they actually reported a substantial reduction in toilet flushing in America during that hour because the entire American population was in front of the set watching that show. And people went to the bathroom less. Today, how many stations are there? How much fragmentation is there? How many people don't watch TV? Like, I watch TV when TV is on. They watch Jimmy Kimmel at 7 o'clock in the morning while they're on their treadmill. They're, so the audience is just all over the place. And in every other media, it's the same. It's certainly in online. Try and control them. So Disney just bought a company this week that has 55,000 YouTube channels. There's an audience fragmented over 55,000 channels. All right? So we, we have lost control of the audience. That's one of the reasons advertising is failing. The fragmentation of the audience. Now, that's another reason traditional advertising fails. It's a great advantage for those of us who know how to do target marketing. Because fragmentation actually allows us to do precision targeting. Right? So, you know, there used to be a food network. Now there's a food network for people who only want to cook fish. I mean, so the fragmentation of the marketplace is remarkable. You think magazines are dead, go to a big newsstand. It's just that they're fragmented. It's actually good for those of us who are not a target market. It's not very good at all for general advertisers. Confusion and chaos in the marketplace. I mentioned Yelp. I mean, there's just massive confusion and chaos and clutter and opining and screwing around with your ability to market by idiots and morons and anonymous critics and uh, postings and Charlie in his basement who now has a blog. and it, it, It's a god-awful mess. One place, by the way, it's not a mess is the mailbox. Each time they raise the postage rates, 
It's Darwinian. It, it, it removes a few more dummies. And it allows those of us who are smart to show up in a place where there is not confusion, clutter, and chaos. The paradox of choice, advertising and marketing, is failing because people have more and more choices. Anybody in here an engineer by, by training, by back, 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 background? Great. Uh, the next, uh, at some time when we have an opportunity, would you come up here and explain to me why anybody would engineer a projector with the arm right where you need to press the paper? I'd like to hear that engineering story. Um, um, I, I'm not an engineer, but I would have put it over here. Um, so, 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 so the, the paradox of choice. So again, if you go to the grocery store, for those of you that don't go to the grocery store, this is instructional. Go to the grocery store once. Pick a product category. Try soup. All right? Go stand in front of the soup thing. It's unbelievable. There's 10,000 soups. There's heart-healthy soup, which actually isn't, but there's, there's light soup, which actually isn't. There's low-salt soup. There's high-salt soup. There's gluten-free soup. There's added gluten soup, for those of you who like gluten. There, uh, uh, there, there's hearty soup. There's unhearty soup. There's, uh, it's unbelievable. That's why the other thing, if you haven't been to a grocery store, here's what you will see. A lot of these guys that raise their hands who go there, you will see them do, doing this a lot. They're standing in front of something like the soup aisle, and they are on their cell phone. Because she gave them a list, but she said tomato soup. And he knows, because the reason he's there shopping in the first place, so he knows, let's see, I just counted 622 different tomato soups. My odds of coming home with the right tomato soup are 622 to 1. Right? Uh, even at the track, this is a shitty bet. I better call and ask, right? So, so you see a lot of people with a shopping cart, guys with a little kid in it, hardly any groceries, on the cell phone all the time. That's what you see at a grocery store, right? So, so traditional advertising is a big problem because of the paradox of choice. Now, what we know to do, what you have to do, is to strip away their choice. We can't give them choice. We have to create selling environments in which we put them where they have two or three choices only, all of which are ours. That's what we must do. And if you don't get good at that, all you can ever possibly get is one 622nd sliver of the soup purchases today. Otherwise, if you want more than that accidental, random, organic share of purchases, you got to take the customer away from choice. We have commoditization of everything. We have the tyranny of free, which is the ultimate commoditization grows with each possible day because people are willing to cut prices, do things for free, find other ways to subsidize them. The reason Amazon is a killer is because they are willing to operate at, and Wall Street is willing to let them operate at, no profit. 
So they're able to come into all sorts of categories of goods and now services and sell at a loss, subsidizing the loss by their only profitable business, which is providing web services to people like our friends in the t-shirt business and selling software and so forth. And Wall Street will give them an unlimited bucket of money. So they're willing to... So how many in here are in the website development business? You know you guys are dead man walking, right? Okay. If you're in sort of the general, generic, we build websites for people business, you are dead men walking. There's gone from cheap companies, one-to-one's one of the biggest, right, to now there's TV commercials for companies who will do it for free. That thing is going to be commoditized like business cards within the next 36 months. Business cards used to be a good business. Now you can go online and you can get any business card you want for like $6.32 and, uh, and you get, and you've seen the TV commercials, right? With the nitwits saying, I got 5,000 business cards and that's how I market my business and you can't do marketing for any less than $5. That's because it's not marketing you, jackass. But, uh, it, it, so, uh, so you see his TV commercial? And so the business card business, gone. Websites are next. Okay. Commoditization is everywhere. It's coming to get you. If you can be Amazon, you will be Amazon. Bezos' appetite is greater than Putin's. He's on, and by the way, if you wanted to gamble on which one of them would own the world, I'd bet on Bezos. Okay. He's on the march. He's looking at your business. How can I take it away from these guys and do it for next to nothing? All right. So you better be in a business that can't be commoditized. You better be dealing with customers who do not want to buy commoditization categories. You, you better not think it's not coming. Only specific relevance to a specific customer and extremely sophisticated direct communication with that customer can save you. Now that's a little three-part formula, which I didn't number, so you want to be sure you get it. Only specific relevance. People who have money to spend will be less and less and less and less interested in spending it on things that are not precisely and specifically for them. And extremely sophisticated direct communication, TV commercial for Ford cars, you see a lot of it. The reason you see more and more and more of it is they're doing the same thing a bunch of dumb people in our world are doing with email. It's less and less and less effective, so they do more and more and more of it. Oh, we ran, we run 20 TV commercials during the local evening news in the greater Cleveland market for cars, and they're half as productive as they were two years ago, so we'll run 40. And those are half as productive, so we'll run 80. Eventually, as Margaret Thatcher famously said, you even run out of other people's money. 
The same thing is being done with email, right? So as, op as delivery goes down, open goes down, more and more of it gets screened out, more and more of it gets deleted, less and less of it is effective. What do the big email marketers do? No, send more email, right? Which right now, they can keep playing that game because it's free. Ain't gonna be. And when that happens, all of a sudden, they're, their heads are gonna explode because they're not gonna know what to do. So you gotta have extremely sophisticated, direct communication. You gotta have a guy like Seth finding your exact customer. You gotta have a guy like Craig Simpson finding your precise list. You gotta get smart, 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 smart about sophisticated, direct communication. And it's gotta be with that customer for whom you have specific relevance. You can't afford to be talking to somebody for whom you don't have specific relevance. I told my friends in Oklahoma yesterday, and during the consulting session, most of them in the room didn't buy it. I said, here's what I would do if I were you guys. I would scratch Silicon Valley off your list. There's no point in you trying to talk to CEOs of Silicon Valley companies about moving to Oklahoma. Yeah, Google's got a facility there. I mean, this is like being in a weight loss business and going after guys. Yeah, you can find guys who join Weight Watchers. There's like 13 of them. Um, 11 of them are gay. Um, uh, well, because guys, when we, women don't understand. When guys look in a mirror, we only look from here up. See, you, you look at your whole body, you strip naked, you turn around, you, we get fully clothed and we stand in front of the mirror and we look from here up, see? So selling us diets is not a particularly productive thing. And selling Oklahoma, a conservative state, uh, where everybody is walking around with a gun in one hand and a Bible in the other, to paraphrase Obama, uh, 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 is not a particularly useful thing to be selling to a CEO in Seattle. So play the odds, right? You got to talk to people for whom you are specifically relevant. Right? I want to talk to the CEO who's stuck in New Jersey who listens to Limbaugh, better yet, Glenn Beck, who listens to Glenn Beck and will love what everybody in Oklahoma has to say. So the second big thing is along with sh sharper focus about who should be your customer, you need sharper focus about who you are to your customers. So there's three basic ways to present yourself to the marketplace. You can present yourself as vanilla. You can try and be in the middle, offensive to as few as you possibly can be, subject to as little criticism as could possibly come your way. The only place where vanilla makes any money is ice cream. you can go all the way away from what you truly are if you think any of that is disturbing to any segment of the marketplace and you can try and manufacture a personality, a positioning or you can go all in on what you really are and match yourself to customers who match up 
with you. I prefer the all-in. So, so how many in here have read, I don't know, three or four of my books at least? Okay. So you know that they are business and marketing books, but they have a, a distinct voice. Um, it's hard to find one without political commentary integrated into it. My book editor and entrepreneur, who's been with me for a long time, uh, actually since the second book, is um, she lives in uh, Vermont. I've never met her. I've never seen her personally, but this is 20 years. I've talked to her on the phone. Uh, and so I have a mental picture of her. Okay? Uh, so she's a militant feminist. Okay? I mean, militant like, you know, She's walking around with a pair of hedge clippers. So my mental picture of her is, you know, Birkenstocks, crew cut, <laughs> tattoos, muscles. That's my mental picture of her. Right? And when we began working together, she hated me. Right? And... I doubt that we're still, yeah, I don't think we're in love. Um, but we're, we get along just fine. Right? But she just, so she wants to fix all the alternate he and she all the way through the books. You know, I won that battle a long time ago. But you'll notice there's like a disclaimer copy in the front of every book saying, by the way, we're not going to alternate he or she all the way through the book. So she thinks that's horribly gender insensitive. And whether it's true or not, every other example should be a female and every other example should be a male. Um, uh, she thinks I am, you know, gender inappropriate. Um, she hates my politics. Um, she's constantly trying to gentle a word. Um, like a few minutes ago when I said lynch and I probably shouldn't have, if that went in in print, I could feel all the way from Vermont. Um, has she got to that in the text, you know, and there'd be red pencil and blue pencil and green pencil and sticky notes, you know, when the thing comes back. Um, but what she doesn't get is that those books are sales documents as much as they are anything else, and they are built to magnetically attract and to forcibly repel. And to the extent that you're willing to do one, you're able to do the other. To the extent you're not willing to do one, you're not able to do the other. So it's important to decide who you are um, to your marketplace. In keeping with that, a thing you should know is that success is ever more rarely found in your bag of stuff in the products you sell. It is ever more found in the stories you tell. And every once in a while, not very often, every once in a while, a big dumb company gets this right. So uh, I recently saw the retired CEO of MasterCard interviewed about their priceless campaign. The priceless campaign is now more than a decade old this is a long time to run a campaign in traditional advertising. Now, in our world, we look for evergreen, and we try and create evergreen assets that can live for a very long period of time. 
I'm currently getting a royalty check every month on an ad I wrote 22 years ago. Um, so, but in real advertising, very rare for a campaign to last this long. All right. Uh, so Priceless Campaign is now more than a decade old. The CEO says they have reliable data to indicate it's been worth over a billion dollars to them in revenue. And the Priceless Campaign has never been about the product, its features, its benefits, its facts, its figures. They advertise much like the vodka ad I just showed you. The Priceless Campaign has always been about stories. It is still about stories. Here's a most recent print ad. It has a lot in common with the vodka ad in that here's the fact. Here's the only line here about the feature and benefit that this ad is about. This card has two times the global acceptance of American Express. That's it. I don't know what percentage that is of the total space. The same engineer who did this could probably figure it out. But, uh, but it's small. Most of the ad is that, which is a story, not having to thank your client, meaning not having to be embarrassed and humiliated and look like a schmuck in front of your client because he has to pick up the dinner tab in Beijing because your credit card is no good. That's priceless. See, that's a story. Right? And they understand they're in the story business with this campaign, which is... Very unusual for big companies to get. It's very important for you to keep that in mind uh, when you are in this evening session um, on which I have worked uh, with Nick Nanton, although Nick will be presenting, uh, but on which I have collaborated on with everything he's going to be showing you. It's very important to keep this in mind because it is the stories you develop and the stories you sell uh, that will make all the difference for you. Um, uh, my friend, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who will be with me in June at the Advanced Wealth Academy, for those of you who are coming, uh, they have now topped uh, 60 million copies of Chicken Soup for the Soul book sold. Um, and they are all story books. Nobody goes to Amazon to buy a brochure. People buy stories. People watch stories. Duck Dynasty is essentially the Kardashians, but uglier. <laughs> um, although that one Duck Dynasty guy has a butt every bit as big. <laughs> See, now, there's only a few... Obviously, you... Um, and, and, and all of those shows are, as Ryan Seacrest brilliantly pointed out, the Brady Bunch. That's what they are. And they all tell stories. Pawn stars, stories. People want stories. They are interested in stories and storytelling. They are not interested, really, in your bag of stuff. See, they don't really want to know from my friend Ron Legrand, they don't really want to know until maybe when they're actually doing it, the 52 steps involved in structuring a mortgage assumption, 
real estate flip, sign over your deed, and leave with a turkey under your arm transaction. They don't want to know that. They want to hear the story of the mom not getting her child support with three kids to feed who learned this and went and did five transactions in five days and then was able to buy really good clothes and get a limo and a driver and show up at her ex-husband's house and uh, wave as she drove past his trailer. that's, that's, That's what they're interested in. So you've got to learn. So last, a warning about your next three days. It is three, isn't it? I lose all track. So the bane of my existence is my business is different. My customers are different. Gee, we've never done it that way. It's not permitted. There's some set of rules that says we can't do that. My staff won't let me. I'm particularly fond of that one. Um, same couple last night told me a great story. They, um, they started to teach from the Ruthless Management book in their company. And so one of the people who quit, um, when they filed their complaint at the employment bureau that protects workers, they took the pages from the Ruthless Management book in and, 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 and made that part of their complaint. So I'm, I'm immortalized in a... Um, so... Um, and we have no time for that. Don't you realize we're busy around here drilling teeth or, you know, whatever it is that we do. Every time you let this enter your head, and it will try, you devalue being here. So whatever you paid to be here, every time you have one of these thoughts, you took some portion of that money and you flushed it. And uh, and understand it's difficult. So there's a principle that says you can't see any more than the hole you're looking through. Big, wide world out there. Big, wide world in here. But whatever the actual little hole you look through is, that's really all you can see. You got to make the hole bigger. You got to get exposed to all sorts of different ways different people are doing different things and ask the only right question, which always is, is there some way we can use this? There is no other right question. And so the last thing I'll say to you, and then I'm going to introduce your next speaker. Um, So, you know, we have a Western theme, so I found a piece of cowboy wisdom for you that is very relevant to you being here. This is from a guy by the name of Tex Bixbender, and he says, don't get mad at somebody who knows more than you do. It ain't their fault. Uh, So. You've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts. Make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you'll also get access to the whole enchilada with all dance courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.